Welcome to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. We hope here to equip, empower, and inspire a global community of creatives through rich, Christ-focused conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Hey there, welcome back to the Soma Soulworks Podcast. Um, I'm the in the uh, studio today, we have Anna Elsegger. Hello. We have Neil Savageau. Hey there. And we have Chris Skaggs. We also have Hunter on the mics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> today, we want to bring up an article that was written by a friend of ours, Brock Henderson. By the way, Brock, like immediate shout out. You've been writing a lot lately on your uh, on your blog, and you're crushing it. You're making a lot of good stuff. So, one, just want to shout you out, and we'll, we'll link to that. Um, an article he wrote... Uh, just recently was on video game addiction and one i think that as video game developers this becomes a little bit of a sore topic for us like partly we want to put our head in the sand like no 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 not happening Um, but on the other hand you have people who are like this is everything right video game addiction is the end of the world and uh and so i think often we find ourselves feeling uh, attacked by them, which which makes us defensive and blah blah blah. But none of that's helpful. Mm. I think it's uh, it, what's really nice about Brock's blog and what we want to do here is like let's just talk about it, talk about it plainly, talk about it normally. Um, kind of what's the reality, what's the hype, what's the fear, um, and that's what we're talking about today. So uh, Anna, I'm just going to start with you. Yeah. You've read the blog. What do you think? Yeah, definitely some interesting points. It's been a big topic of discussion the majority of my life. Like does video games ensue violence or addiction? Like, Mm -hmm. is it a secret devil that we're not treating appropriately? And as someone in the industry, I guess I've, I, like you said, I've shunned the question aside because you know, it's my craft, but um, speaking to one part of his article, I'll summarize it a little bit here where he talked about how some companies, they create games to, get you addicted to them like they make them hard so you have to put in time effort just to play more put in those hours like uh similar to like the the grocery store analogy where they Mm. have structured the grocery store in a certain way so you have (laughs) to go longer to get your milk and grab things along the way like that's the same theory here and uh it's definitely worked on me in the past like i the games Elden Ring, Sekiro, Bloodborne, like those Mm. games are hard. And he mentioned in the article, like they make the games hard on purpose. So you have to put in time, effort and go out of your way to master the game. And that in itself is a badge of pride that Mm. feeds the addiction uh, to kind of pass off the torch. What do you think, Neil? The key things Uh, I think that stood out, the key things that stood out for me was tied to kind of how this, the physiology of our brain works and how addiction in other areas of life um, are similar to what you get, can, can get in video games. And the design can be there to, number one, make you want to play more, and it's intentional. Um, but also there's the unintentional design as well, where it's like, it's just fun, I want to continue playing, it's cool. So there is the two parts to that. Um, and then that has something to be some, that has to be something that we as designers have to think about, um, because it can lead to addiction, especially if you're not aware of that, if you are mm. blind to that as a designer, 
um, or as a parent or somebody who just wants to play games, if you don't even think about that, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, I'm putting too many hours into this, or I'm letting my child have too many hours in this, well, that's, that is a problem. It can lead to troubles. And all that goes back to kind of the way we are as humans and how we're made up um, on wanting to get um, just the positive feedback and all the different loops that happen in games mm-hmm. where you want to continue and we want to get drawn in. Um, so it can be uh, the bad side of it, but part of it um, is just the nature of interactive games is also the fun side of it, right? Which is like, hey, this is just enjoyable. And just that joy you want to continue having. So there is also that positive side, which is, well, it's just a fun experience. And that leads to all sorts of good things um, for our humans and and just the experience of that. Um, But there is this balance between the two that we have to think about uh, as designers, as players, and as uh, parents. There's uh, There's this video that Brock linked to, which is, I've seen this video years ago. It's really, really good. And I'm pretty sure it's titled, Everything You Know About Addiction Is Wrong. And it's it's a good video. We can't summarize it here, except for at the at the end, he has this line. He says he says that the way we think about addiction in most cases is wrong because mm. we imagine there's this whole story about we have these chemical hooks and they kind of make us physiologically dependent. Blah blah blah. But he ends his topic with the notion that the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety; it's connection, mm. and that that at the fundamental level, the thing that drives us into addiction is isolation, is pain. It's those kind of things. And then from that point, freaking pick your medicine, right? And so for you, it might be games. For you, it might be booze. For you, it might be sex. And those could be socially difficult. But, it, you know, it's when you're on heroin and you're stealing things that people kind of intervene. Right. Um, but if you're addicted to shopping, people actually encourage it, right? And so there's this weird societal thing. But at the heart, that addiction isn't about chemical hooks. It's about isolation and pain. And I found that idea really important to this conversation because mm. take Elden Ring there's a part that, like I would hate to say that something that's difficult is somehow automatically addictive mm. or bad right because by that we also mean bad um, but that feels too simple because there's a lot of things that are the most rewarding things that are difficult and the reason they're so rewarding is because they're difficult mm-hmm. right. so I would hate to do that um, at the same time just sort of uh, escapism Mm-hmm. This notion, you know, so Jane McGonigal talks about this. Like when you live in a world that sucks, like escaping from it's actually pretty adaptive, right? That's not a bad thing. <laughs> so as game designers, we're like, what do you do with that? Real quick, something off of that that makes me think of something we were talking about this morning at Jesus time is video games can be a coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. W- what? That's, yeah. well, there's a thought. Like I'm dealing with crap in my life. I'm going to go escape for a while. And man, actually, part of that is very helpful. Um, and then part of it gets too, too much, right? Right. And then you have like, the the other thing I'm thinking about is habit forming, right? If you allow yourself to be habit forming in whatever, there's good habits and there's bad habits. And man, the bad habits can be really difficult and they tend to be, yeah. you know, I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to pull away from people. I'm going to disconnect with my habit. And video games very much can play that role if you allow it um, or if you allow um, those who don't understand that um, that are next to you that are your loved ones to do that so it's just something to be aware of like oh yeah there's very good parts of wanting to escape or wanting to take a break from the mess and the crazy and the brokenness sure and then you can get beautiful things out of games with the story and helping you think about the world differently just like through reading a book through experiencing a movie 
and you're getting interesting truths, but the I am going too far with this habit um, can definitely be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there's also a part of addiction that deals with the the luring. Mm -hmm. Um, I know video games a lot of the times try to lure people in with um, achievements of, oh, if you play for a certain amount of time, you Mm -hmm. get this reward. Or there's there's parts of the game that you have to pay for, but if you play longer and harder, you can get those features. And Mm so, like how games are structured to be addicting, there's also a way where they can be structured to lure you into playing more. And I have definitely fallen for that in the past. And mm. I guess I'm curious, what are some ways that you can kind of break the mindset of addiction when it comes to gaming? Like some practices that just tell yourself, like, don't be addicted to this or yeah, yeah. what can you do? I think... I think for myself, one of the things that I can be aware of is the way that it affects my mood. Mm. And uh, and there's days where I'm in a good place, and playing Minecraft for for a while is is good, right? And and I enjoy building a thing. There's other times where it sort of reinforces a bad place that's already mm-hmm. there, and so it's not easy to be conscious of that. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's one of the things I can also watch my family. They're like, "You're not in a good spot," right? <laughs> <laughs> and and that video game's not helping. Yes. Um, well, that sounds like alcohol. <clears throat> I heard your uh, controller smash the wall. It's time to <laughs> take a seat. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. In Minecraft, I just imagined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Minecraft did that? Mm. There's also mm. something that's worth, I feel this is actually really important, is that uh, because it's part of our achievement guide for redemptive game developers, mm. is that we, we should not and ought not mistake our virtual connections for real ones. Mm. Insofar as like, it's not to say that virtual friends, online friends, that they're that they're not real, but they're not the same as mm. as I think physical people, your IRL, having a sandwich with. Like it's not the same thing. Mm. Um, and then that's something I've I've been trying to talk. I think kids are the most reluctant to the because they could have like a bunch of online friends, right. whatever, playing Fortnite, and they think they have friends. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, but Seth Godin had this line about Facebook a decade ago. He's like. If none of those people, if you can't crash on their couch, they're not your friends. Right. right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're visiting a town and, and that's where your friend is, but you can't call them up for coffee, yeah. he's not really your friend. Yeah. They're really good acquaintances. Yeah. I know them, but not deeply. Yeah. And then there's other times where you can go really deep and then they are your friends because we have players who will go and basically meet people and like it becomes a real life friend. Yep. For sure. But yeah, for the general, like, I'm just playing with you online and then I chat with you online and it ever goes deeper beyond the game. Yeah. That's a different area. I was just, uh, this just randomly happened in Portland. Uh, we were uh, down at the marina and met this gal who she had met her fiance playing Call of Duty. Wow. <laughs> and one thing led to another. Next thing you know, like they're getting married. And that's a cool story, yes. right? That's a fun story. Um, but it shows because we went from a casual connection yes. to something deeper and more real. Yes. Yeah. So it can lead to de- depth if you allow it and you yeah. actually get to that. But it it's a lot more than just a traditional, I'm going to play some games with some online peoples. I want to yeah. make sure we cover, at least kind of tap on, so far we're talking about basically adults. How do adults deal mm-hmm. with addiction? But kids is something that a lot of people mm-hmm. are thinking about. Parents oh, are especially, do, does, does this addict our kids? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as a same shameless plug, we wrote an article uh, last year, maybe it was the year before, 
about parents need to treat games as as a controlled substance, mm. which is to say, and this is the thing that uh, that I that I wrote in that, and uh, and I got in trouble in a really fun way, okay. um, <laughs> and, and, and uh, because some people are like that's not funny. It's like, yeah, but it's true. Um, <laughs> you know, if you if you have your like misbehaving three year old in the back seat and you hand them a beer, we think you're a bad parent. Right. Like, like, yes, that will pacify the child and they'll get quiet. But, but you're a bad parent, especially because by the time they're six, like they're tipping back tequila. Like you have done this, like you're the parent for God's sake. You are not a victim Mm. of your cell phone. You are enabling addictive behavior on an Mm. immature nervous system. Like we would, we would know this, like, like my five-year-old can't handle beer and we, and we don't do that. Right. Um, but there's so many people who feel powerless. Like, what can I do? Oh my gosh, they've got their phones. Like, take it away. The, yeah. If it was the beer, if they were, if they were, you would just take it. You wouldn't ask questions. You wouldn't be in this moral conundrum. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about kids and how parents deal with this. I think a key part to this discussion, very relevant to nowadays, thinking about growing up, like I had video games, uh, consoles and such growing up, and eventually a computer in high school and such. But the parents nowadays have to deal with literally the entertainment is in my pocket yeah. and my kid's pocket because many kids have phones. That's another conversation altogether. But exposing ourselves to the video game is so simple. It's so easy. So like, just like in media, I, I'm, I'm very careful of the media my kids watch because until they're older and where they get to make their own decisions on their own, you're working with them to make decisions yeah. now. So the same thing should be safe. Uh, said for basically everything they intake, everything they see, listen to, like all that type of stuff. That's very clearly from the Bible. Hey, be careful what you bring into yourself, um, you know, through your eyes, your mouth, whatever it is. So this, if that applies to video games, what are they playing? How much are they playing? Um, that is really key. To, just like I think in my own journey, I've looked at what do they watch? What do they read? Mm-hmm. Like, those are important things. Why isn't that the same exact conversation over video games? And especially the type of video games and how much. Yeah. 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 I know I I personally don't have kids, but I know I can speak to kind of what I've noticed in the modern world Mm. a little bit, how sometimes kids use video games as a way to be social. Mm. And I think finding friends online like you were speaking of earlier is harmless to an extent, um, but if that is your only um, mm. source of socialness, it's easy for kids to like need to feel companionship through video games and things like that. There's There's got to be a balance between what is visual to you in video games and what's visual and available to you in the real world. Um, so having mm. outlets like that would also be helpful, I would assume. That's I think that's really good. So you, you'd mentioned this idea of mm-hmm. uh, how do we... Uh, police ourselves how do we manage our own intake how would Mm -hmm. you both of you like what would you advise parents with regard to their kids like like what's what's the practical takeaway Hmm. some of that is personal uh per child per person we all have our (laughs) own personalities some definitely can get engaged more and sucked in more right and others are like oh it's fun i can just play it anytime and put it down that's very human personality driven so thinking about that, the individual matters the most. Um, and so like for Annabelle, my daughter, she can play a decent amount, but she's she's pretty good at putting it down. Oren, he will nonstop just keep going for hours if I let him. 
And that's like, wow, that is a very different response. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that ties to the personality. Maybe it's a little bit of gender. Who knows? But the personality is a huge piece of that. And so, like, being wise with that, like, limit times. Like, they only get so much at a time. Usually an hour. Sometimes two. But that tends towards all media. So it's not even mm-hmm. just video games. I kind of lump it together. Um, but also the content is like, hey, I'm trying to teach Annabelle. Um, she's 11 years old, and she's kind of going through this time where she's reading lots of interesting books and graphic novels I'm like but think about what you're getting is what i keep asking her mm-hmm. is this a good content is this good story is this something you should be taking in be be thinking of that because she's at the age where she's starting to think about that or it's like i'm sorry you're six years old no yeah you just yeah. don't get it yeah i'm sorry yeah nope not that one not that one not that one but i want to watch an r-rated movie nope not gonna <laughs> happen so but come i'm on, not gonna wait this is so good exactly <laughs> I'm not going to give him any type of game that's T or above, generally. Um, Zelda was the exception to that um, because I like the story and I like the values that it portrays, um, even though the violence is a little bit more than some of the other games. But that, that choice is very personal for the type of game, the content of the game, and the amount um, as well as for the individual. Yeah, if I could kind of speak off of a topic that you hinted at with um, age restrictions and things like that with certain games, there's a lot out there. And it's probably somewhat impossible to review every game before it goes into your kids' hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, it is, if you have that relationship with your kid, it is easy to play games together. And oh, yeah. So like, fun. If, as long as, so like, fun. the, um, in your household, I mean, I don't know if I'm qualified to speak of this, but I know if I were to have kids someday, like, I would want to do video gaming together with yeah. my kid. Like, yeah building that relationship and understanding like how my kid is reacting to games Mm. also makes me realize the effect the game has on probably other kids. So just being present and aware of what your kid is absorbing, I think is a great first step. I love that. Mm -hmm. I know so many people who like world of Warcraft raids became a family bonding thing, right? That was family gaming night. Mm -hmm. And I, I love those stories. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. I know we're, uh, we're kind of wrapping up on time. I want to bring up something and I'm going to throw, uh, uh, an audible at Hunter here. Um, we're going to, we're going to start something on this episode. I I think it'll be the first time. And I think we're going to do it more this year, but I don't know how often. And that's to give a book away. Mm -hmm. So to this point, of, of kind of like, what is our relationship with our technology? How does it lead to addiction, et cetera? There's a, a book that we reviewed, I want to say six months ago. I don't remember if we put it on the podcast. And it's Andy Crouch's book, The Life That We're Looking For. Ooh. And one of the things he says in that book that has stuck with me really, really strong is this idea that technology wants something from you. Mm-hmm. It's, not an, it's not a neutral agent. And even if all it wants is your attention, it does want something. Yeah. And in a way, thinking about it, in that framework, like it puts a whole different spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes us, I, for, some, for me, it felt like it puts a name to it. And in a way, it made me feel powerful as opposed to powerless. It made me feel like this is a thing I can actually act towards, against, for, whatever. But I'm not just sort of like this, oh my gosh, I can't do anything. So right. mm-hmm. here's what I'd like to do is like, I want to recommend that book to this particular technology. It's, I'm sorry, to this topic. It's really, really good. Um, we're going to give a book away for free. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a link in the notes that basically goes to a entry form and uh, you put in your name, address, whatever it is, and uh, that'll put you in a raffle. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll run the raffle for three weeks mm. and, uh, and then, then we'll whatever, roll the dice 
and uh, and we'll give a book away. So we would really encourage you to do that. Um, and uh, and Andy, thank you for writing that book and for donating some of those copies for us. I'm very grateful for that. And uh, and yeah. we're going to see how this goes. So if that's one entry or a thousand, we don't know yet. <laughs> Hopefully more than one. Um, I'll sign up if you would like. <laughs> for Pete's sake, it's on the shelf, Anna. Yeah. Um, so, so with that... Um, I actually have one more thought thinking yeah. of the, the power of technology and then our choice as well. One of the key things I think as a parent, it's really important to remember you have the power to choose, especially when it involves the cultural influence. If the people around you, the friends, family, and so on, or the culture at large that you're in says, oh, we don't have any power. It's not true. You have power as a parent to make decisions, and you could make any decision you want that you feel is right for your child, especially if it's aligned with what God's saying, that you can say no, or you can limit, or you can say yes to the media that you think that your kids should have. And that's a huge piece, and something that always, earlier you mentioned, Chris, the idea that I feel powerless to the technology, and it's, I think, more so true to parents and their and the kids and how like oh it's just the way everyone else does it well guess what you can decide to do something differently absolutely especially mm-hmm. if that's what holy spirit and what the bible is saying i love that and if you're struggling with game addiction it would help to reevaluate the game you're playing and ask yourself mm-hmm. if the, if you're really getting out of it what you would like to get out of it and if it's worth the effort you're putting into it Nothing I can add to that. So thank you very much, Anna. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Hunter. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's conversation. You can find us online at somasoulworks.org and continue these conversations with our small group curriculum. We hope to see you next time and have a great day.